0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: That's what the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
1: Do to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: All right,
1: folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. That's right. Still football here. Draft football this week, Matt. That's what we're doing. MWR.com is our website where you can find anything and everything we do. Draft profiles, which apparently blow up, Matt. If you haven't heard, people like the NFL draft. So
0: I heard a rumor to that effect.
1: (laughs) Except I don't – well, we'll get to a few things about watching the draft. But we got plenty of profiles, undrafted. You're way too early 2022, which will be interesting because we'll get to the draft stuff, like who got picked and the amount of players, which is minimal. Because as we talked to our buddy Justin Mello – there's like half the guys out there who are eligible to be drafted. Yeah. And it made for an interesting weekend. And we're just going to get to it. We're, no news. We're just doing draft because, as we are discussing before, it's almost time for a preview. So we need to save a little bit for like next week and week after.
0: Yeah, that that and, uh, you know, a handful of spring practices wrapped up in the last few days or so. So like Fresno State, UNLV, Nevada, I believe. So we'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about next weekend. We'll, we'll hold off
1: on that until then. The bridge to get. So NFL draft, you know what the weirdest thing about the draft was? There's a couple of things. Besides saying it's okay to hug the commission because you got vaccinated, that was kind of an awkward thing to say. Just kind of. But the people on the couch, what was that about? Like the lazy boys? That was kind of, that was like, was that trying to get a random fan involvement for these picks?
0: I think he was trying to like make the chair from last year's draft a thing.
1: <sighs> it didn't go over well.
0: It, it reeked of trying too hard.
1: Yeah, it's like one guy on the stage relaxing. If you do that, you know what you do. You have a row or a big section of couches like that or Lazy Boys. It's like that stupid thing at stadium, the best seat in the house, which is really a garbage seat but a nice couch to sit in at the corner of the end zone. Those type of things. I'm like, yeah, it's a comfy seat. I can't see anything unless they throw the ball right at me and a fade in the end and a cold turner catches it. Then I'd love it. Besides Mm. that, it's not a good seat. Like that could have been a thing like here's a row of seats for random fans or something that would have been kind of cool but the one fan there you can't hear him talking it's awkward interaction it's like you're right they're trying way too hard to make it for last year which was fine last year was great it was fine doing it from the commission's basement (laughs) i don't know that's the weirdest thing i thought the band was weird but for the mountain west uh we only got three guys drafted matt how does that make you feel
0: it's not totally unexpected, I guess. I mean, I mean, I think you could have made a case for one or two more guys, but I think you know of of the general consensus, the players that I think everybody expected, you would have the kind of the best opportunities to get drafted. You know, the three guys: Darren Hall, Avery Williams, John Bates. You know, they went, and you know, good for them.
1: It was like, that's what we kind of felt three, maybe a treat Thompson would have been drafted, but we'll get to freaking Warren Jackson later. But the Falcons, the first pick was Darren Hall. First guy off the board, which is kind of what we mostly expected because of what he could play defensively, what he did at San Diego State, being all the accolades he did. He goes to a bad team because he was the third pick in the fourth round. So the Falcons, what they weren't very good last year, despite that you have Arthur Blank owner saying, we're going to win now. I'm like, are you? You're about to cut Julio Jones because you can't afford him. <laughs> What's going on yeah. in Atlanta? It's like you're not gonna trade him, he's guaranteed contract, it's weird. Uh I don't know what they're doing. Or sorry, not head co- not uh, Arthur blank. Arthur Smith or coach, sorry. I assume Arthur Blake has the same thing, right? You know what I mean? Why would he not want to win anyways too? I Darren Hall goes to a team that's not good, which is a couple things, Matt, maybe he can play right away. If they're not if they're not really a good team, that's kind of what these high picks are. Even if you're a fourth round pick, expectations are what you're probably a nickel bat guy, kind of a number two or three, in multiple positions. You come in on passing downs occasionally. I think that's the expectation for him just because you're not a top hundred pick.
0: I mean, I think when it comes to the Falcons in particular, I mean, you say they're not a good team, but I mean, it really, I mean, they're one of those teams like going into 2021. It's like, you, it really depends on your perspective because if they find a way to kind of keep the core of their team for one more year, and they actually get it together with a coach who you know, as he as he proved in, in Tennessee mm-hmm. with with Ryan Tannehill and, and all the weapons that they developed out there, that they kind of that he knows what he's doing
1: helps. have Derek Henry running the ball too,
0: which is, which is more than you could say for for Dan Quinn down there in Atlanta. Oh no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Oh, so, I, mean, I, think, I think the so. expectation for, for Hall in particular, and I think that you know the, the Falcons Wire, one of our NFL Wire websites over on USA Today, seems to have kind of the, a similar take on it, is I don't think they're expecting him to come in and, and start day one, but I think the expectation is that he can come in and be like a, a very badly needed depth piece for that defense, because you know, it became kind of a running gag over the last couple of years. It's like, oh, well, what's the Falcons defense going to do now to blow <laughs> blow a gigantic okay. team? <laughs> and so, you know, just it, it, it may be kind of a mild upgrade on talent. Like, I don't have the roster in front of me, so I don't know exactly who he would be replacing in the secondary. But, you know, he's there. DeMonte Casey's there. I think, that you know, they have uh, A.J. Torrell, who was their first-round pick, I want to say last year or two years ago. I can't remember which. But, you know, they're, they're not that far away from, you know, really rebounding in the NFC South. And I think that, you know, if, if Hall can come in and play as well as I think we both agree that he can, then, you know, that's going to make a tremendous amount of difference between them being like a, a like a five or six-win team or like maybe a nine-win team that sticks into the playoffs next fall. You never know.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong to make anything balanced by guys I mentioned just because they weren't good last year. But Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. Hulu joins if he's there good, Calvin Ridley's good. They running game was a kind of a mess, and that's an issue. I think they did they cut Todd Gurley? Is he still hanging out there? The Falcons? I
0: don't know. I just
1: know he's on one of my fantasy teams. I'm like, I begrudgingly start him, but he goes twelve carries, nineteen yards, but gets a touchdown that saves me for a decent performance. <laughs> so they that's what they need, kind of a, not the die deep dive Falcons, but they do need a running game. Like they do you're right, they do have some talent, but like Look at the South. They got Tampa Bay, obviously Super Bowl chance. Bring everybody back. Saints, new quarterback, but still have, like obviously Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, other guys out there. Um Panthers, they're going to go with Sam Darnold, I guess. And Christian Dude, McCaffrey. That,
0: that is definitely a, a move.
1: <laughs> so there's room to move up. Like I bet they can finish third. And with the 17 game season, I'm not sure what divisions they play. I don't pay attention too close to the Falcons, but there is talent there. But it's we'll see how it is. It's a tough division, the conference itself is not obviously. Unless they're playing NFC East, I don't know how much chance you give them to move on. But like the pick, he play, what, the best thing about him we playing for San Diego State, which we could we mentioned this a million times, like Tre Thompson, other DBs I have Devonta KZ, so they're familiar with sort of that system. He has to play like he's super smart in the field. He's pretty athletic, but obviously not like a freak out there doing stuff. But he plays probably corner more than safety. But playing that type of defense with um, Rocky Long and then Brady Hoke as well, and then even Andy Gonzalez before that when he was in town, you're, you have to be a smart smart football player. And I'm not going to say going to NFL is easier system or scheme, but the 3 5 is super unique, and you have to know a lot of different things what you're doing. But if he goes there and is just a corner and has to focus on that, maybe a safety here and there in the first couple of years as he gets kind of acclimated, it's not going to be easier, but it's possibly fewer things to to know or concentrate off that makes sense instead of mm-hmm. having to maybe play a linebacker occasionally or do this. He's just guarding the guy in front of him for the most part and then learning more because part of it too, he might actually have to learn a bit more about the position because he played not all over the field, but he had different responsibilities at San Diego State. And that could be a good thing where that versatility, like we mentioned with Avery Williams and other players who, who go out and play in the NFL, like, okay, return guys, special teams guy. All those type of things, like Tyler Irvin with the with the Spartans, he's on the Texans or used to be. I'm not entirely sure, but he's a kick returner guy, running back, he can catch it reasonably well. Him on defense can kind of play two positions a little bit, and once he gets to focus on one, I think he could stick around and hang with this team because we've seen what he's done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think other than Terrell, I mean, you see, you look at the other corners in particular on the roster right now. And, and coincidentally, you know, there's another former Mountain West player, Tyler Hall from Wyoming, who's on the roster right now. He's in his second year, I think, with the Falcons. But you know, other than that, you know, Isaiah Oliver's been fine. You know, Baby Moreau's been fine. Like those, they're veteran guys who have been okay. But you know, I think if, I think the the story is that if if Hall can play up to, like, his, his 90th percentile potential or something like that, yeah. then maybe he could be a starter. But I don't think he needs to be to necessarily be, um, you know, an impact player for a team that has aspirations of getting back to the playoffs.
1: I, it'll be a little bit. And they and also they need Jeff because they'll move on. They picked up Avery Williams as well later on. Mm-hmm. Where they – it seems like looking – like, or Falcons Wire and, like, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and other places, they're saying – they needed more of a special teams guy. It's a bon. It's kind of a bonus that he plays all these positions because he lost Brandon Powell to free agency. And there's comparisons like maybe Pac-Man Jones on the field, obviously not other mm-hmm. stuff. But there's a couple guys out there like if he, we see what he can do. Like he, pl- like just go to the Colorado State game. He not only returns kicks, but he'll play at the line the special teams that make plays there and block kicks. Like he wasn't that one of the touchdowns the kick scoop and score I think it was in that Rams game. Yes. Yeah where there's, I think, three special team scores. So he, he's all over the field. He plays secondary. He's fast. And I don't know. We heard the rumors or kind of reports like he might be an offensive guy some places. I don't think that's the case here just because, I don't know, their offense, like their running game, like I mentioned, is not very good. So who knows down the road if they'll mix him in like a random three plays a season on offense just to mess with the team.
0: I mean, if they if they bring him in for, like, rookie camp and they try him out and he does well. Yeah, you know, I think you know, you look at the running back situation there. You mentioned Todd Gurley really earlier; he's he's not there anymore. I don't think. Cut. Uh, they did bring in Mike Davis from Carolina. Okay, that's good. Go but other than that, I think Edo Smith is also gone. Like so, like the only other running backs listed on the roster right now. and I don't know exactly how up to date this is, but there's you know Tony Brooks, James, Cadre Allison, and Cordell Patterson.
1: It was Patterson the Bears last year. He
0: was, I believe,
1: yeah. Yeah, they have the four so, guys look at their official roster. Nothing so would surprise you
0: if, if Avery Williams turned out to be, like, a better version of Cordell Patterson?
1: Possibly, or stick him in a wide receiver screen, I mean, or stick him to do, like, the jet sweep.
0: Exactly. Like, I think, you know, if they put him on offense just to kind of see how it works and it, and, it, and it works, then, then great. But if not, you know, you've still got a guy who knows how to contribute on special teams, and that can be really invaluable.
1: Yeah, so like getting receivers really quick, assuming Julio Jones is still there, Calvin Ridley's good, they also have, uh, Russell Gage who has some potential there. But I, it, like, do, that's what, you want athletes, that's what the NFL is doing, it's like college stuff, it's not as open in what they can do to spread, like, like Urban Meyer, Mike Leach, that type of stuff, or what, uh, Gus Melzone kinda did when he's at Tolstoy and a little bit of Auburn, the wide open so is not there. You just get the ball to your best player, it's like, why, why not? Not that saying he's your best player, but if he can do something here and there, because I think mini camps for this week, they're actually doing in-person mini camps. The OTA yeah, stuff right. is, I think, mostly or virtual until June. Part of it, you don't really need it. There's a lot going on. It's like you can learn some of these rookies. You're right, give him a shot, and I don't know if they will, but if because here's the thing, if you're playing special teams, you know, kick, punt, return. Why not give it a try? Like Daryl Hester wasn't a good, great receiver, but you give him a quick pass, he can make something happen. Or Devin Hester, excuse me, like he gets a quick pass to him. If he's that athletic and flashy with the ball. And he's good, too. He gets interceptions. He forces fumbles, block kicks. Like, this is a guy who, you want a football player, this is what he does. Like, he doesn't even need to play offense to be good, like, to be really good. He plays good defensive back. He's all-conference, kick return, touchdowns. We've seen what he can do. Starting from a freshman, he he's played quite a few games, like seven games of first year, a couple TFLs, forced fumble. He had two blocks kicks as a freshman. Like, who does that? And two touchdowns as well. It's so like this guy, or two – or maybe it's four touchdowns. I'm not reading this right here. But many touchdowns, I should say, from what he can do. This – like if we're looking at the past couple of years of college return game, like who – I don't – not that we're going to say, Matt. hey, name this guy. But how many guys have these type of return games in the in college? Like he had, I think, he had 10 first career returns. Not, uh, not... I
0: believe it, I believe it was nine overall. Oh, sorry. Well, I and, apologize. And the at one the only <laughs> other person that comes to mind is from elsewhere in the Mountain West, and that's Savon Scarver.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And even nationally, it's like there's not a ton. That there I'm isn't, also. no. It's, yeah, because All-American a couple years ago. Like just last year, you had just really quick on punt returns. I don't even know if these guys are drafted or whatever, but like Philip Brooks at Kansas State, Williams 2, uh, Darius Davis, TCU. It's like two kicks and that's it, or two scores. And NFL's way different, clearly, but it goes back to what we're saying. If you can, He's going to make the team. There's no doubt in my mind he'll make the team. I would even put odds over him better than Darren Hall. Even though I think Darren Hall is going to be fine as a fourth round pick him, but I could see him Avery Williams playing more and contributing more sooner than a lot of rookies.
0: That would not surprise me.
1: Because what like for what he does, and they want the Falcons want high character guys. He's a he's captain of Boise State. He special teams like they wanted. They went defense heavy, and maybe it'll take him a second to get on the field a bit more, but. It doesn't matter. He's going to play He's gonna play and do, do some good things. And apparently, doing some other research on the Falcons, their special teams, well, have not been good <laughs> in a while for that team. And that's – he's going to be great. He's going to make this team play extremely well. And for me, it's a bonus if he plays offense. It would just be fun to see if he were to get, say, six six snaps or something on offense, like every other game he gets in there for some. That would be fun to see. But – that's also kind of like a TBD to moment to know what uh, is going to happen.
0: See, uh, and I think another thing now that I'm because I've been looking at the roster as we've been talking, are the Atlanta Falcons like the unofficial team of the Mountain West?
1: They have <laughs> a lot of guys over there.
0: Because uh, you know, and we didn't even mention that they all that the Falcons also brought in Dwayne Johnson Jr. as an undrafted free agent as well. That's it. Um, so between those three guys, we mentioned Tyler Hall a minute ago. They drafted yeah, Brian draft, Hill a couple years ago. Is he
1: still in? The, no, he's not.
0: In the uh, no, um, but they they did also draft Michael Walker. Um, <laughs> I believe uh, Kevin Smith, the fullback from San Jose, or Keith Smith, excuse me, San Jose State is there. Um, has, there was one more. I was just looking at him, and, and, and no, I don't remember. So
1: that's what half a. dozen. Oh, oh, and
0: Tyler Davidson also from Fresno State. Yeah.
1: yeah now I mean with without having Walker a Michael Walker as well. Michael Walker. Yeah. Okay. There's plenty.
0: That's what I'm wondering. Like, I'm wondering if there's another NFL team with more Mountain West guys.
1: i have to look. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to – Texans have at least one. You got, obviously, over at uh, Buffalo, you got a couple of Josh Allen and then a couple of UDFAs this year. Mm-hmm. Broncos have at least uh, – we'll get to Warren Jackson. But I'm going to just say yes because we'll sound like fools if we think out loud and try to random name one or two guys on these different teams. Yeah. But highly likely, Miami has Preston Lambs, but that's about it as well. But I'll just go with the resounding yes. Falcons or the mountainless team,
0: one of them anyway. That's what, that's we'll, a that's a nice cop out for us.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll stumble across like, Oh yeah, the Bears have this, or the Cowboys, or you know what I mean? The Raiders have somebody. Yeah, thinking about. But anything else in Avery Williams? I think like he, I he where, what was his exact pick? He was a uh, he
0: was know, a he, he was a late fifth round pick.
1: Do you give him a really good chance to make their roster? I think he's a really good chance and he'll make it.
0: I don't see Yeah, that. I mean I think I think both Williams and Hall are pretty safe bets to make their roster. So what about they, they need all the help they can get on on defense there?
1: And yeah, no because the Falcons end up taking trying to see besides getting Kyle Pitts, like they went and a running they did draft a running back Javante Williams, mentioned Oh, that's a trade, sorry, my bad. But like they also took a safety from U C F Richie Grant. Yeah. So they, they went heavy defense. Yeah, you got Darren Hall. you got a couple offensive linemen. They went offensive linemen, secondary, and a couple D linemen. So that's a. We'll see. There'll be some competition for what they can get, and Frank Darby, wide receiver. So there you go. But John Bates, he went to Washington, who coincidentally had a former Utah State guy, um, tight end Chris Cooley, years ago, back in the whack and Sunbelt days. But they pick a mm-hmm. tight end. Kind of high for mostly blocking tight end, which we kind of knew from what Justin was mellow saying, Draft Network and other places, that he's a tight end blocker, more of a, I guess a, I don't want to say traditional, but kind of a tight end from a decade ago, essentially, where he'll catch what needed, but block a lot. And one thing I know, what's pretty cool about this is reading around, a good thing about having him, because he can catch it fairly well. Like I'll mention it again if you listen to the prior, show when they played Utah State, he had five catches of his 12 for the whole year in the one game. mm mm-hmm. He's a guy where you're not tipping your hand because if you stick in like Kyle Pitts or Jimmy Graham when he has a really good tight end, or even like Antonio Good, um what's it name? Was it Antonio Gonzalez? Was he a tight end too?
0: What do you uh, trying to think? What Tony
1: Gonzalez mean? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Close enough. I got half of it, right? But I wasn't was
0: sure if you were referring to him or Anthony Gonzalez, the former Indianapolis Colts wide receiver.
1: Sure. I don't know. But what I'm getting at, the tight ends are almost like a receiver. You're uh-huh. not getting anything away when he's on the field it's like, oh, it could be a pass. Or it's going to be a run no matter what. He's in between guy. I'd probably lean maybe a touch more running on him, but it's not a dead giveaway where oh this guy's in. We know we're going to run the ball or we know we're going to pass. And so he could be a guy where you do like a little a little clip off the line or like a tight end screen would probably be a really good play for him because he's going to block for a second and then kind of slip out to the side or across the middle. The Washington guys didn't like the pick all that much. Washington Wire C plus. Because but the position of need as well because they, apparently they've been looking for tight ends for a while but it's also yeah. with Ron Rivera's staff it's still pretty new Their quarterback um geez no Alex Smith the Wayne Haskins got cut they brought on they brought some shoot who did they bring in a quarterback
0: their their quarterbacks right now are Kyle Allen
1: that's what it's called <laughs> uh,
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick
1: that's yeah Fitzpatrick that's why I'm like yeah I knew he was old, but I don't want to say a weird name
0: uh, uh your brief playoff hero Taylor Heineke. Oh boy. (laughs) And then I think they, they have Steven Montez from the roster from, on the roster from last year. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that, that tells you all you need to know. But I mean, I think when it comes to, you know, the tight ends in particular, I think he could come in and be that second tight end that they want to have if, if, you know, if they want to set up in like, what, what is it? 11 personnel or 12 personnel with, with two tight ends. I always forget the, the difference between twelve and twenty one, so I apologize if, if people are yelling at their yelling at now. Your
1: speaker. <laughs>
0: but Get the it. idea is like is is you know, they have Logan Thomas who's pretty well established, I think, after last year's breakout as a as a guy who can be a difference maker and maybe is more of that lead receiving you know pass catcher from the position. Mm-hmm. But elsewhere on the roster there really isn't a lot of resistance between Bates and being like the number two tight end. So So, and I'm trying to think of you know the 49ers in recent years. Like, if he isn't a George Kittle, he could pretty easily be like a like a Ross Dwelly, and stick around for like six or seven years. And you know, if even if he's only catching 20 passes a year, he's still you know doing the the little things that you know made the the Boise offense such a success during his tenure there. Like, you know, he he may not have caught a lot of passes, but you know, they still, I mean, accepting last year's COVID weirdness, like they're still running for a thousand yards every year. And Bates yeah. was, was a factor in that year in and year out. And so even if, you know, the offensive outlook is sort of a, a weird one <laughs> in the nation's capital, like the quarterback situation is a mess. Um Although I do like Antonio Gibson at running back um sort of, you know, question marks elsewhere on on the, on the offense, but I think that Bates could come in and be a contributor right away. And even if he's not an all pro, even if he's not a guy that makes Pro Bowls, I think he's definitely good enough to stick around and, and to continue to do those little things that, that Boise State fans appreciated.
1: Yeah, well looking at the roster they signed an international player for the international program. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then the other guys like Marcus Ba whoever that he is, Tamarick Hemingway, yeah. cool. But like looking at like stats actually like Thomas, yeah, seventy two catches, really good tight end. Outside of that, the Tamirik had one catch, eight games played. So you're right. There's plenty of room to be a number two guy. And I don't know. I'm not going to claim to say they came in on running downs and blocked more often like Jeremy Sprinkle or anything. But he's not going to be a catching tight end, which we know. But what's to say he's a number two tight end and gets ten like a catch a game?
0: Yeah, but he but he also doesn't have hands of stone. And I think that's yeah, what Ron Rivera and company were looking for when they brought him in.
1: And that's why Justin mentioned he went to the Senior Bowl to see what type of he could run.
0: Exactly. And
1: apparently he could do it. So it, there's plenty of room with this team It's yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but, oh, boy, the NFC East, yikes, not not a good division. But they're going to be, like, outside of, like, Terry McLaurin and, like, Antonio Gibson, I don't know, is J.D. McKissick still on the roster? I'm not he sure. Is. So they have decent running back depth, so they want to run the ball. And we'll see how it goes. The quarterback's the biggest thing because maybe Fitzpatrick can do something and make them kind of more competitive. But you're right. I think the best thing about his pick going there is that there's a really good chance he will make their roster and could be the number two tight end in short order. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure who else would be. Um, I don't know. I it just, it's a, it's a fine pick, but we'll see what happens with it's a tight end NFL and the guy who didn't catch when he in college, what are we going to say? So, right?
0: so here, here's the question I have for you. Did you expect him to go as early as he did? Because you know Hall was first off the board in fourth round, and Bates was that you know we we mentioned a minute ago that Avery Williams was a fifth round pick, when I mean, you know Bates went there I think right in the middle of the fourth as well. Did you expect him to go that early?
1: No, I thought he'd like maybe a sixth rounder.
0: I see. I thought I thought it would later. be more of a fifth rounder. I think I'm just, just trying later. to remember what I predicted. I said sometime in the fifth or sixth round, and so it was. So it's interesting, and I and I wish. I should, probably should have thought of this beforehand. I'm wondering how many tight ends ended up going ahead of him. That's what I'm
1: trying to look at right the now draft. as you're going. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure there's an easy way to do it, but I don't know. We obviously have um, – um, oh, here we go. I'll get it right here. Positions, tight end, I'll scroll and be awesome podcast audio here. So, Kyle, there's um, – let's see. Kyle Pitts, obviously, and yeah, Pat ferrer P- Yeah, so there are quite a few. Fourth, what was he, a fourth-round pick? Yes. This is not showing everything proper because I don't even see Bates on here. Hold on. I'm trying – okay, here we go. Tommy Trumbull, um, Pat Fairmuth, uh, Hunter Long. Let's see, this is in order. Kevin Grantson is about in the same range. He's like the fourth or fifth tight end. This is not done in the best order. Oh, here we go, status. Let me get the right click clicky link here. All right, he was taken one, two, three, four, five, six tight end, taken in the draft.
0: Out now, of that's interesting.
1: Middle of the pack, essentially.
0: That's interesting though, because I was I was thinking in particular about Dane Brugler's, you know, his his beast that he puts out at for the Athletic every year. And I think if I remember correctly, he had Bates listed somewhere around eleven or twelve in this year's draft class. I
1: think it was double digits, yeah. So it makes
0: me wonder if, if Bates was perhaps a hotter commodity than a lot of people suspected.
1: Probably because three picks later, Kyle Grancer from SNU went to the Colts.
0: Yeah, and and I know that there was a lot of discussion later on that day and day three about Brevin Jordan in particular from uh, from Miami, Florida. I think a lot of people expected him to go sooner.
1: Yeah, than yeah, he, he ended up
0: going. He ended up going to, to the Houston Texans in round five. Mm-hmm. I just think that's really interesting that you know that Bates ended up being a little more uh, of a hot commodity. Yeah, especially a for be. a guy.
1: It's like again, short year and everything, but twelve catches. That's all their was, twelve catches, and that's just kind of. And I think weird. it just goes
0: to show that the stat sheet isn't everything.
1: Oh, true, sure, definitely. It's just something to note. Like, if you're a tight end being drafted, odds are you'd want, at least in my opinion. Look what the NFL is doing; they're passing more. Like what Pitts did, Pitts has done, or is going to do. Essentially, be that high number four overall. You're not picking him four overall to be a blocker. He's going out there to be a future thousand yard guy. Mm-hmm. My, if you're an NFL team, you, you're taking a guy tight end. I'd say round pick 100, which this is below that. This is, what, pick 130 or something. Mm -hmm. You want a guys more often to catch and block. But I think the versatility is good. It's like if you can do multiple things, because if you're just a behemoth blocking tight end, you're going to play jumbo package, short done situations. You might be the random guy who gets a a touchdown just because they don't see you because you're the most innard tight end on the right side of a jack set over there. You know what I mean? Like you're just one of those guys, like an eligible tackle almost out there. This being a receiver guy and a blocker, like how I say receiver guy, a guy who can catch the ball, makes it a bit more valuable. Maybe that's why they saw something and the senior bowl and other things. And you're right, the stats are on everything. But doing, again, if you're coming from a league that's – I know it's a high-profile team. Any team or league, if you do multiple things well, you're going to be more coveted to take over a – like this blocking receiving slash tight end he is – it's not like he's taking over two positions, but it might be like 1.25 or one-and-a-half positions mm-hmm. where a guy who's only a blocker, it, they're going to keep a catching tight end over a blocking tight end. In my opinion, that just makes sense. But if there's a guy who's mostly a blocker doesn't catch it very well, he wears a giant arm thing that so if he catches the ball, it's like he has to fall softly into the pillow of his hand because if he catches it, it bounces off his equipment or something. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to replace that guy. That's what I'm thinking leads to, lead to more toward that, that he can do both. Well, enough to be at this town. That's what the Washington saw in him. And so that it was a bit higher, but it's good to see him get picked because most people, like we talked to Justin and looked at other mocks, and he looked to be drafted maybe a touch later. But again, it's just the one team that wants you, and it looks like Washington wanted him, and he's a guy who can come in to give him that second tight end right away, I think. There you go. So, what do we want to say about the uh, undrafted? Not, well, it's undrafted, but also well, who is it? Our buddy Jeremy Harper, who covers like Arkansas State stuff, discussed. You retweeted it too and put a quote tweet with that. I don't have it in front of me, but basically, opt out hurt people unless you're from a Power Five conference,
0: <laughs> right? See, okay, so I'm assuming this is in reference to Warren Jackson. Exactly. I'm assuming that's where we're going to start our discussion.
1: I am with. very upset about Warren Jackson.
0: So, I mean, you mentioned that the you know, that that John Bates was the sixth tight end taken, yeah. Um, I, I just went to pro football reference to see how many wide receivers were taken and I'm not even gonna bother counting. There's a lot um, how much- It was a lot. <laughs> I mean there were there were like five in the seventh round, there were like seven in the sixth round and so on and so forth. So I'm just gonna assume it's like you know, averaging five per round that there were maybe like thirty thirty five altogether. Here's so a- it wasn't it wasn't like Jackson didn't have a lot of competition in this year's draft class. But it still was sort of a surprise that he wasn't given at least a late round flyer. That's what I'll say, to, I guess, to start with.
1: Can I say one thing real quick before you continue?
0: You may. There's no way
1: Dax Milne from BYU should be drafted before him. I'm just telling you. He was good.
0: Somebody's got to go out and catch those passes.
1: He They do, but I've seen more Jackson play with my eyes. He is really good. And I just, there's a lot of receivers, but I just, I'm not a draft guy, but I – again, do you think, really think it was him not – because had he played, we saw what the Rams' offense was last year. They were playing Todd Centennial. They were sw- sw- swapping around quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like they weren't consistent with who was at QB. Like what his year – what even matter if he played because of how the offense was working for the Rams or maybe not working, honestly?
0: Probably not. So probably even worse. <laughs> But, but kind of going back to what you were talking about a minute ago, I was, it was one of the overarching narratives of the, of the, I want to say at least the first two days, you know, the first three rounds or so, where, you know, a lot of guys, and especially from Power Five conferences who had opted out of the 2020 season, Jamar Chase. were, were still getting picked fairly early. You know, Jamar Chase, I think was one of them. And I think there was like one or two guys from, from USC, Jay Tufelli is one that just immediately comes to mind. But off the top of my head, and I wish yeah, – I don't know if somebody put together a list of all the opt-outs from last year. But I, I have a hard time believing that that sort of narrative applies to the group of five. And, and, I, and I, I'm wary of kind of throwing a blanket statement out there because Warren Jackson is, is one person, yeah. one anecdote. And so I don't know but yeah, you know, I was hearing all about that narrative and just watching watching picks go by, kind of waiting for him to to hear his name called. Pennasil
1: was another one I forgot. Top ten left. High. Yeah,
0: and it, and I just I, I mean I don't know like what exactly is the difference to
1: what team you played for you
0: you know I because I mean because I, mean, I mean Jamar Chase you know Penisil, and I think Rashawn Slater from Northwestern was another one if I'm not mistaken you know all of those teams. Had pretty good years in 2020 without them, and so I yeah. mean, is it is it a matter of being soured on on Jackson's physical profile? Was it the the fact that he didn't have you know like top end speed to complement the size that he has? I, I don't know what it is. I just. Yeah, I remembered hearing all about that narrative over and over and over again. And I was like, well, okay, is is that going to apply in in the one case that we know of in, in among Mountain West prospects? And it was sort of disappointing to see that apparently it didn't.
1: I don't, I don't know, because like, year, last year he played, he had 77 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, 112 yards per game. So he's making plays. Like Trey Walker wasn't drafted. He had more catches in 2019 than Warren Jackson.
0: Yeah, they threw the ball a lot in 2019.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know. It's maybe it's hard to definitely say because Micah Parsons was another first rounder went to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. as a lot from Penn State, so he he didn't play. And so I don't know. But I'll, what I do know is when more jacks. Here's what which is interesting for me. If you know, there's trends in NFL like oh this school produces this or this school does that. or This team always has good pros. The Rams have been putting receivers in the league the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. like Preston Williams is the undrafted guy doing well at Miami. Shard Higgins been off and on with the Browns, but had a really good couple of games last year. Uh, Michael Gallup with the Cowboys. You would think that would kind of not give you a huge bump, but maybe a slight bump. Like, hey, these team, they must be doing something right if they're getting all these wide receivers to the NFL and sticking around. Like Jackson had as many catches as his set line was basically identical to Jerry Judy two years ago. which except So it's like, I know it's a different scheme, and stats aren't everything, but he was in that same category for the amount of plays and yards per game, touchdowns, was like right similar to him two years ago. And so I don't know if it's a school thing. Out of sight, out of mind could be a deal as well. I don't know, but I he is by far the most shocking guy I didn't get picked. Cause I was confident he would get selected somewhere.
0: I mean, I like I said, I wonder if it was the, it was the speed in particular that soured a lot of teams that. on him, you know? Because yeah, you know, and, and I can't remember if we mentioned it in particular, but like his forty time is only four point seven two, and according to mock draftable, that would have been ranked in the second percentile among wide receivers. And so when you when you looked at his comp, I I do remember mentioning Anquan Bolden as one of them as a guy who didn't necessarily have you know, top end speed and, and didn't have Jackson's size, but you know, was one of the best receivers of the last twenty years in the NFL. Yeah. But you look at some of the other guys on there, and and one name that really jumped out to me was Brandon Coleman from Rutgers, who you know, like, like Jackson, six foot six, two twenty five. You know, ran a four, you know, four five six, and was you know had a relatively modest kind of physical profile. Beyond that. And just never made an impact with that size in the NFL. So I wonder if that's the kind of thing that that, that NFL teams were looking at.
1: I don't know. Like we, we did mention speed. But remember know, his ten guy, years. Guys play have the that.
0: size, but not, guys who have the size, but not necessarily the speed. You know, then maybe they would you know struggle to break press coverage or something like that. Or maybe they wouldn't be as viable as red zone targets as other guys potentially. I don't know what people in war rooms would be thinking. That was just kind of off the top of my head, one be. possibility.
1: But I remember we, met, we did mention that stuff, the speed, but I remember looking at his 10-yard split because, again, the 40-yard – Like also I make a joke, that time is what Michael Vick ran the other day is his 40 as well, just about mm-hmm. at 40 years old. But point B, his 10-yard split was on par with the top 15 receivers. We look at – that list with Dane Bugler put out, we're looking at I was using that last week as a reference for a couple things. His ten yard split, I feel that's more important because again, how often are you running to four verts for your team? I get it, you want speed, but wouldn't that initial burst that he actually has be effective with the height? Like I mentioned before, I, I know exactly I mentioned this thing. He beats a guy off the line because he has a quick first step, which is quick enough compared to everybody else. You throw the little he has the size, you throw it toward the sideline like a soft throw to the corner, not a fade, but kind of a that kind of that direct throw right to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Why? That's a pretty valuable catch, and you don't have to be a tight end to a jump ball for it or just go do a hard out. It's not a case of go do – you see the guys in the field, they run as hard as they can, they stop, they, they kind of – I'm doing like – you can't see my hands here, but they go, they kind of stop like the chicken move, you know what I mean, where they kind of mm-hmm. punch their arms aside and turn. He's not doing that. He's good enough and fast enough offline to beat the guy where they throw it straight where you catch it in stride over the shoulder. Like I, I don't know. I just think his the forty is overrated for football in general. I don't see why they do it. I don't see a point to it. Ten yards, the short burst is what you need, and he has that, and it's comparable with everybody else. His
0: his his ten yard split was in the fourth percentile.
1: So bottom four or top four?
0: No, nope, to bottom four.
1: Oh, that, what was I looking at? By how much? Though, like point oh five or point oh two? I thought it was. I re- I
0: don't know. That that's all I'm saying though. Like I. I you know, guys who have the size, but not necessarily the, the requisite quickness may not make the kind of, and, and I brought up Brandon Coleman a minute ago. Brandon Coleman was undrafted too when he came out in 2014. And that was after having a couple of big years when, when Rutgers football was actually good.
1: Um, I mean, I think, I
0: think if you, if you're looking for maybe, you know, the, the, the path that you can take to success, you, you know, Preston matchup. Williams is, is I think the obvious one. But I think another guy like Marcus Colston, who was sort of a relative unknown coming out of Hofstra back in the day, but you know he went to New Orleans, carved out a nice career for himself, and you know made a couple of Pro Bowls, things like that. I think that's kind of what you hope for if you're a Colorado State fan looking to, looking at Jackson's potential path to success at the next level.
1: Here's the thing: like the Broncos' receiving group, they have Jerry Judy, young guy, should be pretty good. They have um, Cortland Sutton, who's fine. Is Tim, I'm looking at the roster. Is Tim Patrick not on the team anymore? Is he, he not? Is, I'm looking at the roster right now. I'll double check. But he – I remember I'm in, like, some deep fantasy league. I'm like, God, I need somebody. I'm like, I'll just pick him up with that kid had a good game. And I was desperate to play him. And he was, like, the last w- month of the season is actually pretty good and doing some decent things. So, like, I think he could beat out Tim Patrick. I know him a little bit from University of Utah when he played there. He was just okay. I don't know. Wikipedia says he is. By going to the official roster, he's not there. But let's just say Tim Patrick's on the roster. I don't see why he can't beat him out. You know what I mean? To be one of the top five receivers on this team. Everybody else, like, who are these guys? Like, Kendall Hilton, hitting Fine from Wake Forest. These are young guys on the roster that maybe they want to keep just because, like, Tyree Cleveland's second-year guy, Trinity Benson – Rookie guy, but it's from like East Central Oklahoma, they may want to keep the guys because they're cheap. Because the contract isn't very much to keep them around. They're not mm. be, like the most experienced receiver. I am not sorry, Patrick's not listed here, but Corlettson is a fourth-year guy.
0: Uh, and, right now, it looks like Tim Patrick's a restricted free agent, which is why okay. he's not listed on the main roster.
1: Okay, white Okay, he. I thought he had a pretty good year to stick around some team, but we'll see where he goes. If he's restricted, could be back, but. All these guys who are young, and that could make it difficult. There's not a cut guy, possibly, unless these really young guys don't do anything. Because when you have cheap talent on your team, and they're probably late around draft picks, what's the incentive to bring in another young guy who's just as cheap? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think I don't. I I have a hard time believing he won't make a team. Am I am I overselling him? I think he's that good. Like I, I mean, mean, does he have a chance to make this Broncos team?
0: I mean, he's going to have his work cut out for him. I think. Especially since, you know, you look at, I mean, some of the guys you didn't mention, like KJ Hamler, I think was like a second or third round pick last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Tyree, Tyree year. Cleveland, I, I want to say it was like a mid-round pick a couple of years ago. I don't remember. So it's not like the Broncos don't have draft capital wrapped up in some of these guys already. Yeah. And so I think that is what potentially could make it difficult for him to, to make headway is that yeah, I think maybe the, the Broncos expect some of these guys to succeed or something like that.
1: I think it also depends on who the quarterback is because they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. They have Drew Locke. Did they draft the quarterback too? I'm trying to recall if they did.
0: I don't uh, believe they did. Um,
1: I think they're looking at doing something I'll check in a second. But, like, Tim Patrick, just to bring it back, he led the team in touchdown, touchdowns with six. Mm-hmm. He had 51 catches. He almost, like, most of it was second half of the year, but he was right behind Jerry Judy, so it's kind of interesting he's not back on the team. Noah Fant is their tight end who had sixty, led the team to catch 62. And, like, Patrick's target share is pretty high as well, third on the team, because he finally caught on. But you're right, they have a lot of young talent. I I just think he could be Like, can he be out of Deshaun Hamilton? Why not?
0: I mean, they've got a lot invested in a guy like Deshaun. Deshaun Hamilton was a fourth-round pick a few years ago.
1: Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm just trying to. Two years ago. I, don't, I, just I mean, think, I'm, I'm
0: not saying that it can't happen. I'm just saying that, you know, with the number of receivers that the Broncos already have in there. That's a problem. And with the amount of draft capital that they've invested in some of those guys in particular, it's going to be an uphill climb, I think.
1: And also, he could have been taken for Denver just because he went to Colorado State. Ah, we'll give this guy a workout and see what happens. It could be one of those type of deals, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like... They did waive Jeff Driscoll, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like he's doing anything. Any other – let's get to other free agent guys. Like, who else is, like, we want to look at. Like, with the Air Force guys, Nolte Laufenberger, Ferguson, both got undrafted, which is not too surprising. The Jets could be interesting for Parker Ferguson because their
0: offensive line wasn't great last year. So that their could be – offensive line, they've gotten – Better, yeah. <laughs> like I was. I was. I'm trying to remember exactly the starting lineup that that people were throwing out on 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 draft day, but you know their first round pick last year, Mackay Becton, looks like a keeper at left tackle. Mm-hmm. I think George Fant is their right tackle. He's been pretty good for a while. I <laughs> I couldn't tell you the rest of the New York Jets offensive line. Oh, it's okay, uh, <laughs> off the top of my head. But I think. <laughs> but I mean, what we know about about Ferguson and about Loffenberg Is, you know, by virtue of just coming from the academy, that they have a lot of football intelligence. And I think that they'll have the willingness to meet, even if they aren't going to step into the starting lineup, to go in and compete to be a rotation kind of guy.
1: Could be. Uh, One thing. really quick, over at TeamRankings.com, sacks per game, the Jets were 24th in sacks allowed per game. So 2.7 Oof. per game. Hey, better than Philadelphia at 4.1, who was over a sack behind the Giants at 3.1 for last place. Yeah. So it was, I get a lot of young guys, but there's opportunity there, I think, for him to sneak in and do something because he might like you. Type offense they played, and just being smart from the academy. And he was re- a really good offensive lineman, too. It's just, I think the stigma there, academy guy, why draft him almost? Mm hmm. And he, like, what, who other guys are looking at that might make a. Like Rego Bussey uh, going to Pittsburgh could be interesting because you do have Juju Smith-Schutzer and the, what Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. So they, they're going to throw the ball a little bit decent amount there. So that's uh, maybe a possibility for him to do something. Uh, who else? I guess we could put the Jets in for the Mountain West team and the Bills. They both picked up a t- couple of guys <laughs> in our drafted picks.
0: So do we want to talk about the, the Bills acquisitions first?
1: Good, yeah, go for the Bills. Tariq Thompson, so- Trey Walker, right?
0: And uh, Cyrus Totel.
1: Oh, okay, so what do you guys say about them? What is your overarching thing besides them being the Mountain West of the East-Northeast? Falcons me the Southeast.
0: I mean, it, I think that's an interesting landing spot for all three of those guys. Especially since Buffalo is one of those teams, I think, relative to a lot of the teams that we talked about, like the the Jets have been a mess perpetually forever, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the Denver's been on the downswing since Peyton Manning retired. Um, Atlanta has been, you know, up the, basically on the downswing since the Super Bowl appearance a few years ago. The Bills are right there; they, they are they're there. they're Super Bowl contenders, and so you know, part of you know the big overarching narrative of their draft is. You know, identifying the pieces that are going to get them over the top. It's not wasn't necessarily about you know landing the franchise pieces anymore. It's about complementing those franchise pieces. And so I think that you know even if you know it's going to be a, you know a lot of competition, I think for everybody involved, I think it's a really good landing spot for them because, like I said, they don't have to they they can be role players and not necessarily feel the pressure to have to do more. Um, and we know that Trey Walker can go can go and get the the deep pass if if Josh Allen's able to kind of iron out those issues from last year. So I think it's a I think it's a really good sp- uh, really good space for all three of those guys to be in. I think you know Thompson's going to learn a lot in that secondary from guys like this. Tredarius White. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's they're in a good position.
1: Looking at Trey Walker, they only drafted one receiver in this draft class. They picked up a, also a kind of a later round pick, Mark, Marcus Stevenson. Mm-hmm. So a six round pick there. They already have Stefan Diggs. Cole Beasley had a really good year last year. And it's all Gabriel Davis. But Cole Beasley's getting a, a little bit up there in age, kind of a little bit for receiver. Mm-hmm. But they have the depth there. But Walker, we see what he can do. He might be able to compliment them better. Like they have John Brown, which we'll see what he's up to because he. It's so, always hey, John. Br- oh, he's on the Raiders. I now, thought John him.
0: Brown moved on. Yeah, never
1: mind. I'm looking at they. Have, they,
0: they did bring in Emmanuel Sanders as a free that's, agent.
1: Okay, there's that. I'm looking at last year's stats and going through. I like, click on his name, Raiders. So he could swap out Sanders for him, but it'll be. I think they throw enough. Like they threw 600 times
0: last year. Mm-hmm. I, that's a team that has a lot of receivers though, too.
1: That's the problem. Actually, they have like depth there, and they brought in Sanders and Diggs and Beasley are good. Davis. They have a lot of guys out there. Like they had was even Singletary caught 38 catches out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. They had six what six seven receivers receiver, receivers with 30 plus catches. 2 3 yes, quite a few. And Stefan Diggs got an amazing 127. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe there's a chance, but it's it's going to be tough if they're, they're they clearly carry a lot of receivers cuz they went pretty deep for who can catch the ball. Mm. And I don't know, it's It'll be tough for Walker to make it, but look what he did with San Jose State. Like he has talent, and we'll see. I guess we'll see how the camps goes, but I, I think there's a small so, chance he can make it. But I don't know. So is,
0: is that saying that you think Walker is the most likely to stick on the 53 man roster come August, or September? from the Bills for the Bills, or yeah? Oh, what about Freak Thompson? That's what I was going to say.
1: I know pr- I you put have- him above. I think Freak Thompson.
0: Because, because I I mean, like I said, Buffalo is pretty much set as far as their starting safety tandem, and you know Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, I believe, are their starters. But you know Thompson, even though he didn't get drafted, I think it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because he's one of those guys where it's like you see him, we've seen him play for four years. And it's like, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's going to play in some capacity at the next level. And it kind of reminds, I don't think he's going to have the same kind of journey right away, but it kind of reminds me of what happened with Andrew Wingard down in Jacksonville. Oh yeah. Where, where he wasn't drafted either, but then like he was out there on week one, making the play that, that handed the Jaguars their only, their only win of last year, um, but, but, you know, he, he went, he got a chance to play, he proved himself, and, you know, he was in the starting lineup for most, if not all, of last year. And, I, I mean, obviously I think Buffalo is more set at the position, and so it may be harder for Thompson to see a lot of playing time right away. But he's going to get in there. And he's going to learn, and I think he's going to be able to complement what they already have in a really effective way. And so that's why I think he's you know, among the three—you know, uh, Walker, Thompson, and Chouetel. And that's why I think Thompson is most likely to kind of stick around into the into the regular season.
1: No, I agree. I think Walker—it's a no. I totally think Walker has a chance, but not nearly as much as as Tariq Thompson. Like they, right? They're depth achievers. They brought in Manuel Sanders unless they want him to do something different as, like, their sixth receiver, I would, I'd I probably I'd probably say this. I'd say it's a better chance to make a different team than this team.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Because, say, he gets cut early, he gets picked up. Because this isn't a rookie pickup. This is an undrafted pickup, which is different. So who knows, maybe. But he, he'll probably, it depends. Here's what you want to do. If he's going to make the team, clearly you stay the whole time. But getting cut, like, the first week of camp is harder to find a team. Mm-hmm. So if he's not going to make it, if they see something like, oh, he's not the guy, whatever, you'd rather have him get rid of him now to go pick up somewhere else instead of trying to go week three of a preseason to pick up with a team, like on two days' notice to pick up a playbook and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you compare his situation with his with, – with, and I'm talking about Walker, with his San Jose State teammate, Bailey Yader. Mm-hmm. Packers. Landing in Green Bay. Oh, boy. Lots of going on in Green Bay right now. <laughs> where, it is, where it is mostly just Devontae Adams and, and staff, I would say. <laughs> At wide receiver, no, and and this is not this does not include a big game Bob Tanyan. exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and they're another team that only drafted one receiver in in the draft itself. They brought in uh, Amari Rodgers as a third round pick out of Clemson. But I mean, you know, Adams obviously is the number one. Marquez Valdes-Scantling has been sort of up and down over the last couple of years. Al-Mazard. Alan Lazard has flashed, but he's also been banged up over the last couple of years. Devin Funchius opted out and he was never really that great to begin with. There's the room. It would not shock me if Gaither made the roster as kind of like that that uh who was it that they had last year? Was it Jake Kumaro that I'm thinking of?
1: I'm not sure. I'm looking at the he, like, he was
0: like their he was like their fifth wide receiver. And then uh, like every so often he would have like five catches for eighty yards and a touchdown or something like that. Like the Packers always seem to have one of those guys. And it would not shock me at all if Gator was like the next one of those guys.
1: <laughs> they had, uh, well, I guess running backs. At, I don't know, Alan Lazard, 37 catches. The only other guy I think of, like Equ- Equamia St. Brown, but he only had seven catches. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, no, there is definitely room because it is Adams. Like, he's going to get the ball, even if it's short of Love, a quarterback or whoever. They're still gonna throw it. They did lose Jamal Williams, and, but they have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon back there, so that's not a big deal. There it is, Tyler Irvin's on the Packers. That's who it is. He was there. You uh, go. It was on the Texans drafted. So I remember that a while back. So I there's yeah, like looking at who they have. There's it's because you think about it, like Marquez Valdez scanton is kind of a an Alan Lazard, are not interchangeable, but they both. Can, those two combine to make a decent receiver, like 66 catches between eight touchdowns, mm-hmm. if they're a singular person for like 1,200 yards. But they're not, but clearly, because that would be weird and awkward to have a 10-foot person back there catching footballs. But I think there is a chance for him to be on there, because there's nobody that wows you all that much on this team, besides obviously Devontae Adams. Like, Alan Lazard's going be on the team. He's a young guy. He could be their fifth. I don't see, like, him not. I don't see an issue of him maybe being that fifth receiver. And the Packers exactly. go three or four wide. And without Jamal Williams there, it's the, who knows if they're going to bring in like say AJ Jones to catch more passes because he only caught two, but Williams could get the ball in the backfield with 31 catches, and then you had Jones with 47 catches. So they, who knows where those passes are going to go to? Is it going to be a quick pass receiver, or they're going to have another running back come in and take over what 20 of those?
0: How nice would it be if, if Gator was the X factor that kept Aaron Rodgers from going to host Jeopardy instead? my Gosh,
1: did you see who apparently the breaking point was for Aaron Rodgers? Who they cut no, I didn't. So, we're doing our radio show tonight. We're because we're, it's we have a former quarterback on our show on our radio show with producer, so like oh, yeah, talking. Scott Mitchell, right? Yeah, yeah, Scott Mitchell, that guy, Dolphins, uh, Lions. He's so mad. Okay, I'm not gonna tell a story, but he's just so mad he could have run the Cowboys, would have saved his career for multiple years, but didn't happen. But yeah, so it was Scott, Scott Mitchell, but we talk about this because he's a quarterback, and this is just fascinates him about how it's working because, FYI, Aaron Rodgers is not retiring because if he does, he has to give back, like, $20 million. Mm -hmm. So he's not retiring. He may hold out. He may try to get a trade. He's not going anywhere. But have you heard of Jake Kumaro?
0: Oh, that's the guy I just mentioned a minute ago.
1: Oh, sorry, I missed it. I didn't know who it was. He got cut, and that apparently freaked out Aaron Rodgers so much.
0: Like, that's the final
1: straw. (laughs) Jake Kummerow is why he he may not be around anymore. That's the weirdest thing, right? Like, who is this guy? It's you know what I mean? The
0: guy caught twelve passes, but didn't have one touchdown in twenty nineteen.
1: Why are you so mad about Lucy now?
0: That is an excellent question.
1: I. It's just weird, but Gator. He yeah, has a pretty good. Did teacher. you know? Did you
0: okay? Did you know that this is totally off topic? We'll, we'll get back to it in a minute. Did you know that Jake Kumaro's cousins are Joey and Nick Bosa? Nope. I now. did not know that, but now, no, so this Good is family. stuff you won't. This is stuff you won't learn anywhere else in, in the world of podcasts. Mountain West Wire, your your Jake Kumaro official yeah, podcast,
1: Family Tree podcast, right? Come there we you go. The twenty uh, three me sponsorship now about the podcast.
0: Although, although to be fair to Aaron Rodgers, Kumaro's lone catch last year was a twenty two yard touchdown, so maybe he was onto something.
1: Dude, you got Devontae Adams.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: That is so weird. So, uh, any other free agent guys we need to touch on that you think have a good chance? Because there weren't that many, partly because, again, a lot of guys are returning from the Mountain West or back to school or across the whole college football landscape. Because our DMs wasn't calling this, said, hey, where are the Utes get drafted? I'm like, well, they're all returning. And plus they have, like, 10 guys drafted in 2019. So, there would have been maybe two this year. But anybody else, like you have, like, long snap returner Bernard to the Vikings?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't, uh, they, didn't they draft another long snapper last year from Air Force, Austin Cutting?
1: I don't know. I would want yes. to look that up. That's <laughs> that's, he mean, I'm,
0: pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that was the Vikings.
1: Hold on. I'm, i got to look at this now. Long snapper. Yes, he was picked 250. Was that Mr. Uh, Relevant? Uh, uh,
0: no, no. No, it wasn't. So that's like
1: 265 or something. Now he got yeah. picked up. He was drafted. So got some competition there, Mr. That's Cutting. The, yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> long staffing competition again. Uh so, so can you talk
0: about the one guy who hasn't been signed
1: yet? Um who is that? Who are you thinking of?
0: Donald Hammond III.
1: Oh, I'm not surprised by that. No. You were super you were super high thought teams would give him a chance just to try something unique and weird.
0: I thought I, I thought he was worth a rookie camp invite, yeah. And I still think so.
1: Are they even? Doing, I mean like, Ian
0: Ian Book was a fourth round pick. You're telling me that Donald <laughs> Hammond can't get <laughs> A, a UDFA contract somewhere.
1: Hey, I believe Ian Book is Notre Dame's all-time leading passer in yards. I think
0: he's he's still not any good.
1: <laughs> he's gonna take over for the Saints, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I you had to bring him into piece from about a week ago, talking about how he's an interesting prospect, running skills, passing, uh, decent enough so. I, we talked about it before, but explain really quick why you think he should be picked up, because I don't – unless he's going to play, like, maybe DB or, like, a receiver of some sort, I don't know what's a quarterback's in his future.
0: I mean, I just think that you – know, and I think I'll just kind of reiterate what I mentioned on the last podcast, is that I do think he's a better quarterback prospect coming out of the academy than other quarterbacks who made the jump to the NFL in recent years. And the, and the two names I threw out there before were Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry, both of whom moved out of the position in the NFL. Although, to be fair, you know, outside of, of the top five quarterbacks taken in the draft, there really weren't that many quarterbacks taken. There was only five more taken altogether in the rest so, of the draft.
1: So, it's ten total?
0: Is that right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, after the first five, you know, Kyle Trask was the second-round pick. Kellen Mond was the third-round pick. Davis Mills was a third-round pick. I still don't understand that at all. Mm. Um Like I don't understand what makes David Mil- Davis Mills a third round pick, and Donald Hammond is still trying to find uh, a camp invite somewhere.
1: There, well, I saw that too. He we went to the Texans because they're Sean Watson's clearly not playing. They have Tyrod Taylor and Mills. I saw like because he, he's a sleeper of the draft. He's the quarterback, the mid round QB who will be a future All Pro or something. I'm like, I don't know. To Stanford, cool. They haven't been very good in a couple years. David Shaw, NFL loves loves David Shaw, their head coach. I, I I don't know what makes him that good of a prospect, but I, he's clearly more or more on Hammond to make a team or not. If you want to take a flyer on a guy who's an athlete, sure, but you would think it would have been done by now.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean I would say so, which is sort of a shame. And and I think it's worth noting that, that Hammond wasn't the only quarterback prospect of note who didn't get drafted. I think the the biggest name out there was uh, was Jamie Newman from Wake Forest okay. in Georgia. So
1: he got picked up by somebody.
0: He got picked up by Philadelphia.
1: Okay. who? Yeah, quarterback Philadelphia, sure.
0: <laughs> I, Which I thought would have been a great landing spot for Hammond.
1: Yeah, because you have, like, Greg Ward, John Hightower. I forgot to, after we did the podcast with Justin, like Chad Hall was there from the Falcons, and he was a running back receiver type guy and did all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Return guy. So, NFL seems to be more creative in doing stuff. And, like, that, that's why I am super shocked and extremely surprised about Avery Williams being discussed as a running back.
0: Yeah, he, and, and I think, you know, to that point, like Newman was the biggest name, but I think in, in general, in, and I'm, I'm looking at this from FanDuel, so so, so um, this may be not be 100% accurate, but I think only three quarterbacks have signed as undrafted pre-agents. Newman is one, Shane Buchel from SMU is another, and then Felipe Franks from Arkansas uh, is the third. I wonder why that's the case. There's so many that returned. Or, or, hmm, that's interesting. So I mean, I don't know exactly what is. So I mean, I, I guess it's maybe to, to preface the fact that Hammond is hardly alone in this situation, and and maybe that's the kind of thing that will take some time to sort out. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. That is interesting to go over. I.
1: Man. I, I, my end of the, day, I don't think he's gonna be picked up. I think he's just gonna move on, do his. Uh, I don't know if this even after his Air Force commitments. Not that you know, because he basically got like kicked out of school for allegations of something, which we don't know and never probably will never know. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I, NFL just be more fun, right?
0: <laughs> I still believe.
1: Okay, believe I, you can believe for both of us because I'm sorry I'm not leaning that he's direction. A better, he's a
0: better quarterback than Shane Buchel, I'll say that much. I'll believe you, sure.
1: No, he can throw good. Now, like, there's a reason. Remember, before he got kicked out of school last year, I was saying the Falcons were going undefeated. And a huge part of it was because of how good Donald Hammond III was.
0: He's a better he quarterback do. than Davis Mills.
1: Sure, I'd take him on the Texans. Do it. Why not?
0: Trade. Sure. Do it <laughs> you could do a lot worse in that situation right now.
1: I guess. Yeah,
0: totally. Uh,
1: anything else? Any Anybody we missed or needed to touch on? If we didn't discuss your team, apologies. Nobody picked up real quick from as of now. Boise, Nevada, UNLV, Wyoming, Utah State as free agents.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the only other big names I think still waiting are perhaps uh, Evan Tyler, the safety from the Broncos, and EJ Muhammad. I think you know, we did we did a lot of yeah. Nevada write ups, and, and kudos to our, our Wolfpack writers for that. But I think EJ Muhammad was probably considered the the consensus best prospect out of out of Reno this year. Yeah. Maybe not totally likely that to those guys get picked up, but you never know.
1: Yeah, we'll see. All right, so let's wrap it up here. I can't oh, – this is hilarious. I'm like, this show's going to be quick. We still go a full hour talking to three draft picks and some random undrafted guys, like 10 people maybe. But that's what we do, so you're welcome. Uh, so here's what we do. We're discussing before, Matt. It's almost time to do team previews.
0: It's, it's getting close.
1: <laughs> it's getting close. You're like, no, we're not close to count. We're like a month away. That's like you bring up the top. Well, no, I and
0: mean, then I realize you know, you're, you're talking about twelve teams over twelve weeks, and twelve weeks is three months.
1: Exactly, that's right. And, and so it's something. like,
0: oh, okay, yeah.
1: It's also we got that. We have the I can't bring up again top fifty countdown. You and I need to start putting the list together. We're like, so here's a pl- short plan of what we're probably doing. We're gonna do another spring roundup. Still working on some guests to maybe do some like I still want to do some like NIL stuff and some ra- some random stuff like that. because it's it's really fun to get into some sort of nerdy type stuff. Cause I think that's interesting about how that could work, but keep following us on Twitter. MW Mount. What are we oh, shoot, MWC wire. <laughs> this wire Facebook. We changed that up recently. Uh, Instagram doing a couple things. We're going to start doing like super early previews like this month. Cause May's kind of dead. June's kind of dead. We're going to get, look, do some look ahead. So look, pay attention for that. And we'll be back, uh, next week. We're not leaving you guys. We're going to keep going every week. Uh, if there's an interruption of some sort, we'll give you guys a head up and figure something out there. But, yeah, we'll just chat next time, and we're good to go, right, man? Any party shots? Or are you ready to say good night and goodbye?
0: I think we're good to go. All right. I'll say it now. Good night and
1: goodbye, apparently. <laughs>